is BYOT. Bring your own tacos. Dick swinging, swinging. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. Can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Lanters. I don't care if it's spoken. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man Yo. needs a doctor. Yeah. I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to like step it up to that point. We're not gonna. We're not gonna lead with. The, we're not gonna lead. Uh, Hey Slackers, on today's bonus episode, we will be reading parts of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz. Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I'm Jesse. If uh, if you're not familiar with the book Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark uh, by Alvin Schwartz, it's one that like I always remember from my childhood because of the illustrations. Hell yeah, they were really quite terrifying and cool. Like... A lot of watercoloring, it seemed like the fading and shading and all that craziness and, really added to the dark element. And a lot of like misshapen, like faces or like out of proportion, like things that just like I don't know, it warps the perspective. Disturbing. Yeah, super disturbing. <laughs> Especially, it's supposed to be a kids' book, I guess. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. It was like one you get at the Scholastic <laughs> Book Fair. It really was, which is quite interesting. I mean, because when you look at the element of like this, you can make horror movies out of quite yeah. a few of these stories. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And to give people a little bit more context of the book, it was written in 1981. I didn't realize it's been around that long. Yeah, it's been around for a long, long time. And they there were more like iterations of it. There was like more scary stories to tell in the dark, and then scary stories three, more tales to chill your bones, uh, written in 1991. And the Alvin Schwartz uh, has gotten into some hot water. Parents seem to not like these horrifying images being shown to their children. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. I mean, they're the ones that have to put up with the kids that are having fucking nightmares of these creatures <laughs> or just horrible incidents that they were going to happen to them. <laughs> right. And it's uh, interesting they, that they said he researched these from, like, folklore. Like, things that they used to be telling kids anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's where he got all of his research from, was, like, folk stories. And uh, I find that interesting. It's, it's cool to incorporate all those elements of history yeah. to develop your own unique taste on it. Between the folklore and, like, urban legend sort of feel, um... He, he definitely touches on some, like, innate human fears through, throughout some of these stories. Yeah. And it's good yeah, it's, to instill it, those into kids early. Yeah. It's crazy that he began his career as a journalist, though, too. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I'm sure you run into a lot of, like, creepy shit in term, or even just, like, dark stories uh, as a yeah. journalist. True, right? Yeah, maybe he pulled that as inspiration to really dive into these dark stories and he clearly knows how to do his research finding a lot of these like folklore based stories yeah so he, his it made the band book list or uh, the number one for the band book list a couple of years in a row i believe 20 years in a row probably still making the list to this day <laughs> right and the uh, we have to give a shout out also to Stephen Gamble. He's the illustrator and cover artist. He 
his images terrified children for probably over 20 yeah. years yeah isn't there there's current prints that are being used with like softer images yeah they brought it back for like As a 20 year reprint or whatever and they had to go with the person who did a series of unfortunate events the illustrations for those books did the new ones okay and it wasn't well, nearly cool. as so, gritty or terrifying, I guess. No, yeah, they're probably just more far out. So a lot, a lot of this information we gathered from an article on mental floss, and we'll be sure to post that up on the Facebook page. But now, we should get into some of these terrifying tales. The first one we're starting out with is called The Guests. A young man and his wife were on a trip to visit his mother. Usually they arrived in time for supper, but they had gotten a late start, and now it was getting dark. So they decided to look for a place to stay overnight, and go on in the morning. Just off the road, they saw a small house in the woods. Maybe they rent rooms, the wife said, so they stopped to ask. An elderly man and woman came to the door. They didn't rent rooms, they said, but they would be glad to have them stay overnight as their guests. They had plenty of room, and they would enjoy the company. The old woman made coffee and brought out some cake, and the four of them talked for a while. Then the young couple were taken to their room. They again explained that they wanted to pay for this, but the old man said he would not accept any money. The young couple got up early the next morning before their host had awakened. On a table near the front door, they left an envelope with some money in it for the room. Then they went on into the next town. They stopped in a restaurant and had breakfast. When they told the owner where they had stayed, he was shocked. That can't be, he said. That house burned to the ground, and the man and woman who lived there died in the fire. The young couple could not believe it, so they went back to the house. Only now there was no house. All they found was a burned-out shell. They stood staring at the ruins, trying to understand what had happened. Then the woman screamed. In the rubble was a badly burned table, like the one they had seen by the front door. On the table was the envelope they had left that morning. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Evidence that they had stayed there. Man, so they they were seeing something that was completely different than the reality. Hey, at least they were friendly ghosts. Yeah, yeah true, right? Some Could have been a really long night. <laughs> gave you coffee, some cake, place to stay. That's It's better than some ghosts will treat you. Yeah. No, but I, I thought that one was pretty terrifying, the thought, you know. You look for refuge and you find it, only to find out where you stayed was not what you thought it would be. Oh my god, yeah. I guess that's the best case scenario, is coming out of it where it's like, oh shit, that happened? We didn't even know until after the fact. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, alright, we're free. You can get that money back. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> we don't hear this part of the story, but I mean, I would that. only assume she picked that money up and they just walked out of there. That's, that's gas money for the rest of the way. 
Well, the story I chose to start off with is quite, uh, it's more humorous. The Ghost with the Bloody Fingers. A businessman arrived at a hotel late one night and asked for a room. The room clerk told him the hotel was all filled up. There is only one empty room, he said, but we don't rent that one out because it's haunted. I'll take it, said the businessman. I don't believe in ghosts. The man went up to the room. He unpacked his things and went to bed. As soon as he did, a ghost came out of the closet. Its fingers were bleeding and it was moaning. Bloody fingers! Bloody fingers! When the man saw the ghost, he grabbed his things and ran right out. The next night, a woman arrived very late. Again, all the rooms were taken except the haunted room. I'll sleep there, she said. I'm not afraid of ghosts. As soon as she got into bed, the ghost came out of the closet. Its fingers were still bleeding. It was still moaning, bloody fingers, bloody fingers. And the woman took one look and ran. A week later, another guest arrived very late. He also took the haunted room. After he unpacked, he got out his guitar and began to play. Soon the ghost appeared. As before, its fingers were bleeding, and it was moaning. Bloody fingers! Bloody fingers! The man paid no attention. He just kept strumming his guitar, but the ghost kept moaning, and its fingers kept bleeding. Finally, the guitar player looked up. Cool it, man, he said. Get yourself a band-aid. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. He's, well, he's got calloused fingers. <laughs> Yeah, man. He's a musician. He's seen some things. He smoked a little weed and talked to ghosts before, man. This is nothing <laughs> new. No, I got I got a kick out of it, the playfulness of this story. Yeah, that was definitely, like you said, it was a little bit more of a joke. Less less of yeah. a, a super scary tale. Yeah, which I liked about this book is, like, you, it, there's a bunch of different endings and, and stories There's even it. songs. Like, little songs and poems. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Now, the next story... Is called The Girl Who Stood on a Grave, and it doesn't have nearly as happy an ending. Some boys and girls were at a party one night. There was a graveyard down the street, and they were talking about how scary it was. Don't ever stand on a grave after dark, one of the boys said. The person inside will grab you. He'll pull you under. That's not true, said one of the girls. It's just a superstition. I'll give you a dollar if you stand on a grave, said the boy. A grave doesn't scare me, said the girl. I'll do it right now. The boy handed her his knife. Stick this knife in one of the graves, and then we'll know that you were there. The graveyard was filled with shadows, and was as quiet as death. There's nothing to be scared of, the girl told herself, but she was scared anyway. She picked out a grave and stood on it. Then quickly, she bent over and plunged the knife into the soil. And just as she started to leave, she couldn't get away. Something was holding her back. She tried the second time to leave, but she still couldn't move. She was filled with terror. Something has got me, she screamed, as she fell to the ground. When she didn't come back, the others went to look for her. They found her body sprawled across the grave. Without realizing it, she had plunged the knife through her dress, and it pinned her to the ground. 
It was only the knife that held her. She had died in blood. God. That's so <laughs> that's now that's just a good old ghost like terrifying story. It's like that it's like nope, this is just reality that en- ends up in the end. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? This is one of the stories I remembered from when I was a kid reading this that always scared the shit out of me because it's like there's things that are sometimes reality is more scary than what you think you should be scared of. Your mind could be the worst nightmare of anything because of what you can create. I mean, it's the overall factor of what you see. And you can tell this was written a while ago because it's like, a, I'll give you a dollar to go stand on a grave in a graveyard. Yeah, Inflation, yeah, man. Right, exactly. It's like a $10 bet right there. Yeah, we know kids are walking around with rolls of tens these days. <laughs> I'll give you an iPod. God, they get, they get 50 for allowance. Come on. <laughs> the next story that I'm going to do has a, a realistic feel to the ending of it that's kind of scary and creepy. So uh, let's get into this. The Babysitter. It was 9 o'clock in the evening. Everybody was sitting on the couch in front of the TV. There were Richard, Brian, Jenny, and Doreen, the babysitter. The telephone rang. Maybe it's your mother, said Doreen. She picked up the phone. Before she could say a word, a man laughed hysterically and hung up. Who was it? asked Richard. Some nut, said Doreen. What did I miss? At 9.30, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. It was the man who had called before. I'll be there soon, he said. And he laughed and hung up. Who was it? The children asked. Some crazy person, she said. About 10 o'clock, the telephone rang again. Jenny got to it first. Hello, she said. It was the same man. One more hour, he said. And he laughed and hung up. He said, one more hour. What did he mean? Asked Jenny. Don't worry, said Doreen. It's somebody fooling around. I'm scared, said Jenny. About 10.30, the telephone rang once more. When Doreen picked it up, the man said, Pretty soon now, and he laughed. Why are you doing this? Doreen screamed, and he hung up. Was it that guy again? asked Brian. Yes, said Doreen. I'm going to call the operator and complain. The operator had told her to call back if it happened again, and she would try to trace the call. At 11 o'clock, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. Very soon now, the man said, and he laughed and hung up. Doreen called the operator, and the operator had told her, That person is calling from the telephone upstairs. You better leave. I'll get the police. Just then a door upstairs opened. A man they had never seen before stared down the stairs toward them. As they ran from the house, he was smiling in a very strange way. A few minutes later, the police found him and arrested him. Damn, that's another urban legend feel sort of one like, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I feel like, you know, just like Scream, you know, like all the slasher films that occurs in. She has like one of the most terrifying things. It's like, oh, are they outside? Are they outside? And you never suspect they'll be inside. They're right there. 
These days it'd be like someone sending messages through your Facebook on your laptop upstairs. And it's like, they're sending the messages from upstairs! <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, like getting a fucking, uh, like, iMessage from your MacBook it's that's like, upstairs. It's like, what are you doing downstairs? We were like, ah. what the fuck? Sent from your MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? G just, like, zooms in on that part. <laughs> Alright, so we get, well, I got one more for you, and then, Matt, you got one more after that, right? Oh, yeah. Alright, so strap in and hold on, because it's about to get scary. This one's called Room for One More. A man named Joseph Blackwell came to Philadelphia on a business trip. He stayed with friends in the big house they owned outside the city. That night, they had a good time visiting, but when Blackwell went to bed, he tossed and turned and couldn't sleep. Sometime during the night, he heard a car turn into the driveway. He went to the window to see who was arriving at such a late hour. In the moonlight, he saw a long black hearse filled with people. The driver of the hearse looked up at him. When Blackwell saw how queer and hideous his face was, he shuddered. The driver called to him, There's room for one more! Then he waited for a minute or two and drove off. In the morning, Blackwell told his friends what had happened. You were dreaming, they said. I must have been, he said, but it didn't seem like a dream. After breakfast, he went into Philadelphia. He spent the day high above the city in one of the new office buildings there. Late in the afternoon, he was waiting for an elevator to take him back down to the street, but when it arrived it was very crowded. One of the passengers looked out and called to him. There's room for one more, he said. It was the driver of the hearse. No thanks, said Blackwell. I'll get the next one. The doors closed, and the elevator started down. There was shrieking and screaming, then the sound of a crash. The elevator had fallen to the bottom of the shaft. Everyone on board was killed. And this story goes to show, you got a bad feeling about the dick in the elevator, just don't get on it. <laughs> right? This is sort of one of those deja vu type of things where it's like, you ever have a feeling where like you've been somewhere before, or you should or shouldn't do something? Like... Because something yeah. bad might occur. Well, this was oh my god! Yeah, I, I get deja vu all the time. I don't know about you. It's a, it's just such a weird, odd feeling. Very familiar. Much so. In the, the case moment. of this man, it saved his life. <laughs> yeah, people, go with your gut instinct. <laughs> well, we're gonna end this on a another playful story. The attic. A man named Rupert lived with his dog in a house deep in the woods. Rupert was a hunter and a trapper. The dog was a big German shepherd named Sam. Rupert had raised Sam from a pup. Almost every morning, Rupert went hunting, and Sam stayed behind and guarded the house. One morning, as Rupert was checking his traps, he got the feeling that something was wrong at home. He hurried back as fast as he could, but when he got there, he found that Sam was nowhere to be found. He searched the house and the woods nearby, but Sam was nowhere. He called and he called, but the dog did not answer. For days, Rupert looked for Sam, but he could find no trace of him. Finally, he gave up and went back to his work, but one morning, 
he heard something moving in the attic. He picked up his gun and he thought, I better be quiet about this. So he took off his boots and in his bare feet he began to climb the attic stairs. He slowly took one step and then another and another until at last he reached the attic door. He stood outside listening, but he didn't hear a thing. Then he opened the door, stepping inside, and ah! Well, you'd scream too if you stepped on a nail in your bare foot. (laughs) (laughs) So again, it's another breaker. You know, you go from these terrifying stories to these ones that are just like, oh God. Well, hell, that's pretty terrifying. I don't want to step on a nail, carpet tack or something, anything. Fuck that. Uh, well, you better have a tetanus shot, motherfucker. Seriously, that's that's even that's the scariest thing of all this Halloween. Hell get yeah. your vaccinations, people, because you don't want to get locked jaw. <laughs> ah, yeah, man. This book is just so it's so awesome in all the elements it incorporates. It's uh, entertaining, and uh, I think we'll end up getting into a few more installments of this maybe down the road next year for Halloween. We'll keep up the tradition if you guys like this. Yeah, let us know what you thought. And uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you want to uh, check us out, stop by our Facebook page, American Slacker Podcast. Check out the American Slackers group. We've been having fun. We're talking about all kinds of shit up there. Um, a lot of hilarious things. Suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious things, mo- suggestions, movies, everything. Anything flies there. Also, check out our Instagram. We have all kinds of promos up for all the episodes. American Slacker Podcast, you'll find us there. And also check out the website, americanslackerpodcast.com. We'll keep you informed on everything that we're up to. You can also find us on Twitter, talk to us there, and Reddit at A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast. That's Amher Slacker Podcast. All of our episodes and bonus episodes are on YouTube. And we encourage you to please, please, please go rate and review us five stars on iTunes. It's uh, the best way to get us climbing those ranks. And if you really like us, you'll tell a friend about the show. Hopefully they'll be downloading and joining up and being a slacker in no time. If you want to get in contact with us, send us an email. AmericanSlackerPodcast at gmail.com And also check out our Spotify playlist where you'll find every artist that we've covered on the show. Search American Slacker Podcast and you'll be jamming out in no time. And please become a Patreon sponsor of the show, or at least think about becoming a Patreon sponsor. It's a way to help out the show. You get a lot of rewards back. Uh, We'll add you to our friends list on Xbox. We'll give you a shout-out on the show each episode. And you get special content on Patreon that's not accessible to anyone else. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We love every one of you. And until next time, that's it. There you go, trick-or-treating. This is Full Starts, the show about those presumptuous pictures that studios were sure would spawn a franchise, but didn't. So back on Eternia, yeah. Yeah, Skeletor sort of locates the key on Earth mm-hmm. with Google Maps. <laughs> and then 
asks where his mercenaries are. He's had uh, to walk past those mercenaries <laughs> to get into the room. Yeah. Guys, Skeletor is rude. Go on. Okay, go on. Film does not know what mercenaries are. Evelyn assembles them, but then introduces them to Skeletor as his finest warriors. Are they his warriors, or are they freelancers? Okay, name them. Beastman. Um, come on, come on. There's at least one. You, there's one that's an easy one. I, I know. The, because some mother is always trying to ice skate uphill. The blade. Thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> two. Uh, <laughs> the fact that we were able to name two you named characters two. in this you, film. You were able to name two. Instantly uh, uh, makes it better than Planet of the Apes. If you like that, you can hear more on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter and Facebook at Full Starts Pod.